only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. Welcome. To the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, where prepping doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. Coming to you from a well-defended off-grid compound high in the mountains. Coming to you from his Florida room in Richmond, Virginia. Neither off-grid nor well-defended, unless you count as chickens and cats, here is your host, Keith. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. My name is Keith. Episode 57. Today is September 24th, 2023. It's been about two weeks since I had a chance to record another podcast. Work has been very, very busy. Had some family members uh, in country for a while, so certainly spending time with them. And again, it's one of those situations where I make a couple show notes, then something else happens. I'm like, well, let me give it a day or two in the news cycle to see what happens, and then something else happens. So I just went, to go, went ahead and decided to go ahead and record one tonight. So let's hit a few highlights about what's been going on. Okay, we all know about the F-35, the most advanced fighter jet in the world, that about a week and a half ago, the pilot punched out and ejected over near Charleston, South Carolina, and the plane continued on. And at one point, the military was asking for the assistance of the public to locate the $80 million aircraft that had crashed. The military said the transponder was not working, never was working, wasn't installed. I don't remember what they said, but they couldn't find their aircraft. So I'm I'm just really confused. The pilot ejects, and apparently he goes to somebody's house. They call 911. So we know where the pilot is. We know which way he was flying, I think. But then no one has the plane on radar. Of course, it's a stealthy aircraft. I get it. Anyway, they find it, and it was in a million different pieces. And on one of the talk shows a few days ago, John Kirby, Admiral John Kirby, uh, one of the spokesmen for the White House, was asked about that. And he, he said, this is something they're going to investigate. DOD, Department of Defense, is going to investigate and get these answers. And they're going to be very transparent about it and about this investigation. He must think that we're stupid. The DOD is not going to be honest with them, with us. They're not going to provide the real answer or the real reason why the pilot punched out. And they're certainly not going to provide the truth, the correct information about how they couldn't track their plane. And they basically had no idea where it crashed. So he said that like everybody would, would understand, oh, okay, well, I'll just wait for the report from DOD. I doubt seriously if they're going to, you know, print some 25-page report on why the pilot did this and why we couldn't find the plane. Anyway, I, I just I found that funny that he thought that everybody would would understand and would believe him when he says they're going to get to the bottom of it and they're going to let us know. Okay, the situation in Las Vegas that happened about a week and a half ago was absolutely horrifying. And this goes into like that's like reason 252 on on why I prep. We have a couple, I believe they were both uh, juveniles in a car. I'm not sure if the car was stolen, but they were live streaming, running into cars, doing like little pit maneuvers on just people driving down the road. And then there was the part where they ran over the cyclist who ended up 
dying. 64 years old, retired chief of police out there near Las Vegas. And all the man was trying to do was ride a bike. All the man was trying to do was just to stay in some some sort of shape. But these two idiots murdered him because they thought it was thought it was fun. Thought it was funny. They live stream it. One of the kids told the police that it's just a hit and run and he'll be out in 30 days. Well, I hope he's tried as an adult and I'm not sure what the laws are as far as charging juveniles um, as adults out in Nevada, but I certainly hope that both of these guys go to prison and never, never see the light of day. And this goes back to something I spoke about several podcasts ago, the decline of society and is it just me or have things gone completely pear-shaped when it comes to things like the people running into the stores and just brazenly shoplifting, not even trying to hide their face, going in like a CVS or another pharmacy or drugstore and just taking makeup, taking everything they can and just calmly walking out. So I had a video the other day where two guys went to Lowe's, dropped the tailgate to their truck, and these guys picked up a riding lawnmower had like a 50 inch deck on it and were able to get it into the back of the pickup and then drive off. What makes the situation even worse is there's probably a good chance that Lowe's never called the police. You hear story after story about uh, employees being fired because they decided to intervene and attempt to stop a shoplifting or they called the police after the suspects left and they were fired for that. Now, I'm aware that a lot of stores have a, you know, do not chase or do not confront policy. And I get that 100%. Walmart, 7-Eleven was always like that, where if someone took something, you just call the police. Don't put yourself in any danger or any more danger, you know, and you, you know, you get shot, you get stabbed, or you just get, you know, get injured. It's not worth the, whatever, the Slurpee or the beer or whatever the person happens to be, happens to be taking. So these acts are happening more and more frequently, they're actually escalating. So now instead of just shoplifting, we have people uh, running over people on bicycles and live streaming it. And it all comes back, in my opinion, to there's no repercussions. There are no consequences for these actions. Many, many states, well, many cities, and now Illinois is the first state to get rid of cash bail, which means if you're arrested on certain crimes, you probably don't even have to go in front of a judge to get a bond. You're pro- you're released. Sometimes you won't even go to the police station. They'll release you on the side of the road or you go to the police station. The paperwork is completed and then you're released, you know, with a court date, whatever, six months down the road, whatever it happens to be. So then you're free to reoffend. And of course, you know, the internet's full of stories about someone uh, was murdered by someone who was already out on bond for, several other serious crimes, robbery, possession of a firearm, whatever it happens to be. And the first thing that comes to everybody's mind is, well, this person should not have been allowed out. They should have had either no bond or a very high bond. They should not have been allowed to leave the jail where they're putting the public at risk. And then there's the opportunity for them to commit another crime. I think this is done by design. I think, and, and, and given the situation at, at, at the southern border, thousands of folks coming across the border uh, unimpeded, uh, getting shipped off to the sanctuary cities like New York, and, and that's a whole different story. But I think this is by design. I, I don't think there's a serious effort at the border to detain people and turn them back. I believe 
this is done on purpose to basically overwhelm the system, overwhelm the educational system, overwhelm the healthcare system. And then immediately you'd have a lot of people become unemployed. And then now it comes to uh, the next election, smaller elections than the presidential election in 2024, a year, gosh, almost a year from now, just a little over a year from now. And I think the situation is these folks are going to come into the country and they're going to be given, well, they're already been, they've been given ID cards and those ID cards will be used to vote. There are some states that are trying to get their voting ID or voting registration laws kind of cleaned up. And then there's some states that are just doing the opposite. So it's, it's, it's going to be a mess in 2024. Um, regardless, regardless of your party affiliate affiliation, it's, it's definitely going to be a mess. And then the situation up in New York where they're putting up uh, these hundreds and hundreds of illegal immigrants in these hotels that are like five and $600 a night hotel and they're trashing the hotel. They're given you know, cell phones, debit cards, and scooters. I saw a bunch of scooters parked outside this hotel in New York. I'm like, how does this happen? You come here illegally. You're put on a bus because Texas doesn't want you, and I, I don't blame them. They, they have enough of enough folks coming across that they're trying to get straight. They don't have the additional uh, facilities or infrastructure, so they're sending them up to New York and other sanctuary cities. But you get here illegally. You're detained briefly, and then you're given a court date six months down the road. So do we really think that these folks should come to court in six months? Well, they're not. They're up in New York. It's just a crazy situation. And the New York mayor has basically said, this is, this is not sustainable. And New York is turning into even a larger shite hole than it is now. And they're going to basically go bankrupt. They don't have the money and they're not receiving federal aid to house these people and get them into whatever, I guess, whatever immigration status they need to be in to, to move to a different area, friends, family members, whatever, whatever happens. But I also believe this is done on purpose. Again, reason 255 on why I prep. The economy, in my opinion, is going to get worse. And again, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a guy with a, with a debit card, a checking account and a savings account. And I went to Costco today and I couldn't, I couldn't believe, I can't recall the, the price of bananas but it was so much per pound. It was absolutely ridiculous. 159 or 169 a pound uh, for bananas. And then the organic bananas next to it were 205 a pound, I believe. And, and so I, and then there were apples. Anyway, it, food prices are up. You know, we all know that here. But I, I really think that, you know, the economy is going to get worse. There's no reason for it to get, to get any better. I'm not seeing any signs of that. Home prices are way, way up there. New home purchases are way, way down. New mortgage, uh, you know, mortgage applications are way, way down because folks just don't have that money to to put the down payment on to go ahead and, and get their uh, and get their first home. So, a couple things I was thinking about. I, I had some you know, rudimentary financial advice a few podcasts ago. There's one thing that I that I do that most banks or most credit unions have, they call it, they call it different things. So I call it keep the change. So if you go to a, a store and you spend $5 and 85 cents, it rounds to the next. So it'll be like a, you'll see $6 on your ledger for your debit card. And what has happened is it's the 585, but the 15 cents rounding up the 15 cents goes into, in this case, I have it go into my savings account. So for every purchase I make with my debit card, 
I, I guess up to 99 cents. If it was like 501, I guess 99 cents ends up going to my to my savings account. And again, it's kind of one of those things where if you have like a, a like a direct withdrawal coming out every week, like I do, and go into your you know your secret account or your rainy day fund, if you can if you can do that, you almost don't miss the money. If you've if your budget is super super tight and you will miss it, then obviously consider doing something else. But if you're not going to miss ten dollars a week or twenty dollars a week or whatever it happens to be, having that directly withdrawn and put into the rainy day fund certainly could be an option for you. So that's what the, this keep the change thing that I that I call. That's what it does. It goes into my savings account, and I, I try not to look at it. You look at it every day. You're like, oh, that's thirty cents. That twenty cents. But you look at it every couple of weeks or every month. And you do a quick tally, I'm like, oh my goodness, $13.50 or $29.32 ended up going into my savings account. Again, when you make a purchase for $5.50, you're not going to miss that 50 cents. Hopefully, hopefully, I know things, things are, times are tough, people, but I hope 50 cents isn't a make it or break it for folks. But the 50 cents that goes into savings, you don't even know it's there. And then before you know it, oh my goodness, look, I have this much more money into my account. Something else I've noticed is a line of credit. I got a line of credit at my credit union several years ago, and I don't recall the initial reason why I got it. But what this does is you borrow, it's kind of a loan. It's not a, it's not like a loan loan where you have to sign all the paperwork and it's not like a credit card. The interest rate on a line of credit is normally much, much lower than a credit card. Now, let's say credit card, 17%. So 17% interest, the, the rate. So 17 cents, 17 cents, 17% 17 is probably um, accurate. 15, 17%, whatever it happens to be. Normally your line of credits are half of that. So let's say you're, you were approved for a $3,000 line of credit. It's kind of like at a casino. So the, the credit union is saying, hey, we're confident this person is going to pay back this $3,000 and it's a fairly low interest rate. So it's certainly more attractive than a 15, 18, 20% uh, interest rate on a credit card. So what I've done in the past, let's say I want to make a big, a big purchase, $500. I will go ahead and re and transfer $500 from my line of credit into my checking account or my, or put it on my credit card. This just goes to my checking account. Then I make the purchase and Basically, what I'm doing is instead of putting it on my credit card at 17, 18% interest, it's now on a line of credit way, way down at 10. And what I do then, and then what you do is you take that $15, $20 a week that you're having automatically withdrawn from your paycheck that's direct deposit or however it works, you have that going to that line of credit. There's plenty of YouTube videos. I forget the young lady's name. She actually explains this and she does a lot of math. It's really half the interest rate. And depending on how much you have, that can be very, very expensive and at a significant cost on top of whatever your credit card debt happens to be at any given time. So if that's an option, I think that would be a good thing to look into. So what I am doing now is, as I tighten my budget even more, I'm looking at using my line of credit. So I'm gonna, let's just say there's something, $1,000 or some solar panels or a solar generator or something that I need for the home. I need a new door, some new windows. I am going to, and I, if I don't have the money in savings earmarked for the windows, home repair, whatever you want to call it, 
I don't want to put that on my credit card because that's a thousand dollars. I don't want to put that on there and to start, you know, 18, 19% interest. I'm going to the line of credit. I'm taking a thousand out of the line of credit, putting it onto the checking account, and then, you know, write the check for the thousand dollars for the windows. Then I go down and I'm going to take that $10 a week, you know, $20, $50 a month, and that's going to be put right on to the line of credit. And it's going to uh, lower pretty quick. And especially with such a, a a low interest rate, I've seen and looked at my accounts, I've seen situations where the finance charge is like $1.52 or $2. Whereas that same amount on my credit card, $4, $5, whatever it happens to be. So if establishing a line of credit at your credit union or bank is an option, I would certainly, I would certainly look into that. Okay. When it comes to what I'm doing now to further my preps, I've got a few things rattling around in my brain. I'm trying to figure out, kind of, kind of put these in a little priority. So I already have my GMRS license, which is an amateur radio license. It's not ham radio. It's GMRS, which is, I don't want to say a tier lower, but the license is just $35 to the FCC. There's no test. Whereas to get your ham license, there is a test and there is uh, probably the same kind of fee. I haven't looked that, uh, that deep into it. But I think what I've decided to do is I'm going to start studying and to get my, my ham license. Now, I have a couple of GMRS handheld radios uh, listening to you know the weather and, and local law enforcement, local EMS, that sort of thing. But I, I haven't done a lot of broadcasting on it, but mostly just to listen to. But I think that's something that I want to do. I think that's something, you know, call it a hobby. But in the event I need to get on ham radio, you certainly have the ability to network with folks all across the world. I think that would be a good skill to have. And obviously you have that license to do that. Uh, I am also going to increase my knowledge uh, from basic first aid. So I was BLS, basic life-saving. There's like first aid and advanced first aid, whatever it happens to be. There's uh, BLS, basic life-saving, ALS, advanced life-saving. And then I think EMT might be next as as, as far as certification goes in the level of expertise. I'm considering maybe taking a a wilderness first aid class. Now, up until recently, I did a lot of hiking, especially on the Appalachian Trail. And I really, I had a little little backpack first aid kit with me. But when it comes to situations you might uh, get dropped into in the middle of a forest or on a trail somewhere, I think having that knowledge would probably, would, would help me. It would provide me with a little more confidence in the event something did happen. I would be able uh, to handle it, something something very small or something relatively serious. I would have the skill set to stabilize myself, stabilize the patient, and then get additional uh, assistance if needed. So I'm looking at that, looking at the ham radio license. And like I said before, I, I'm really trying to tighten down the preps because the food is there, the water is there, the, the, the power plant, the electricity is almost there. I'd like to do a few more tweaks with it. So... I'm like I said before. I'm kind of at a point where I'm really not sure which direction I need to go. Having the additional medical training, the wilderness uh, first aid, that's a plus. GMRS radio, and then having my ham license certainly doesn't hurt. So you know, I'm kind of. If anybody has any ideas, go ahead and, and go ahead and send me an email at practicalpreppodcast at gmail dot com. And of course, I'm still on the the, the Twitter, the X, whatever it's called at prep 
underscore podcast. It's been two weeks. Prep underscore podcast. Or you can always search Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, and then you'll be able to find it uh, that way on several of the, the platforms that carry podcasts. So if anyone has any ideas, uh, you know, the chickens are doing fine. The garden, I'm about ready to ramp up the garden. Probably have another week before I need to uh, pick the last tomatoes and cucumbers and maybe, maybe a couple squash hidden in there. Who knows? I, I just, I guess I'm looking as I take things into the winter, more freeze drying, more canning. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot of things in my prep. So I, I want to kind of find out what I'm missing and then kind of take that angle. So I obviously want to be very well-rounded. It, my, my preps will not be perfect, but I don't want to be put in a position where I'm handicapped by something I forgot to consider. Something that I forgot to consider maybe maybe well enough or maybe I didn't do enough research or the current situation of that prep is not going to be sustainable, is not going to be sufficient for me and two people, four people, or whatever it happens to be. So again, I'm looking for any articles, any any videos, any other podcasts, just to kind of kind of round things off so I have a much better, I guess, feel for my preps. I'm, I'm very comfortable with, with them. I'm not, oh, I could probably do a little more of this or that. So if you, if you all have any advice, just, just let me know, email me, whatever. Find me on the Twitter. All right, folks, thank you so much. And I apologize for it being two weeks, but I had a lot of things going on. And I got to about half of my show notes that I put together earlier today. So my next podcast, I will go ahead and recap what we spoke about tonight with this particular podcast, episode 57. And then I'll just go ahead and take off on uh, podcast 58. Okay, folks, as always, please be careful out there. Take care of one another, and until next time. Thanks for listening to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a rating and review.